Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joker Dolphin Game Pod. I'm Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. And Nathan. Hey, up. How are we doing? Good. Chip Excellent. on a Sunday morning. Yeah. yeah, not too bad. Good day yesterday. Yeah, it was fun. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah. Lots of games went, was played. Yeah, went out to the uh, the Game On exhibition in Doncaster. At the Dome. At the which dome. wasn't a dome. Which oh, it was like a mini Disappointed dome. me. Yeah, there was a dome. <laughs> but rather than, a... if I could compare it, rather than a big chocolate egg, it was more of like a mini egg dome. Yeah. Right, so. but, yeah, I don't yeah it was good. Yeah, I absolutely demolished Mark on Pong, so that was good. Demolished? You won by one point. <laughs> demolished. <laughs> I mean, I demolished him at Ultra Street Fighter 4. So. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, let's not and, start oh, this. Let's not forget Bomberman as well, Matt. Well, no, I, I destroyed both, myself for Bomberman. <laughs> so, yeah, to be fair, that. you both kind of killed yourselves. So. <laughs> well, actually, Mark killed me. So I, oh, no, well, yeah, something he deliberately targeted you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I'll so never forget playing, that. So I went and yeah. just dropped a bomb straight at your feet. <laughs> it was good though. Really enjoyed it. I, th- I think as you came in, it um, it was more of like a museum, which were nice because they had some of like the really old consoles, like the from back in the sixties, mm. like before consoles were actually a thing. Yeah. And then um, obviously they had the pong machine, as we talked about earlier, and um, and then they had a load of obscure consoles so yeah, yeah like I the d- cd engine and stuff like that yeah. i mentioned this to you though but i just wish it was just a bit brighter in there because i was trying to read some it of the posters which about yeah. they had like posters like telling you about the history of gaming it, mm. it was a bit of a struggle trying to read them i have to say it was yeah like dark. I, I wish there was there was more like in sequence as well of kind of like going through the years because like you start off in the pretty like a retro era and then like Near it was like still a little bit more. You'd like, you know, you Super Nintendo, original Nintendo, Mega Drive, original like Sparks and 64, that kind of stuff. And then once you got to a certain point, there was like, and now holes, here's everything. Johnny. It's <laughs> all the things. Like here's Blade Runner next to Monkey Jurassic Ball. Park. Oh, Jurassic Park, yeah. And then like um, The Witness next to, I don't know, other games that were there. I think I think they had the vanishing of Ethan Carr there as well. I think that's, yeah, yeah, yeah I did play a bit of that. Yeah, I've actually been looking to get that game because I enjoyed the little bit that I did play, and then I got into the rabbit hole of walking simulators, and now I want <laughs> to play Amnesia. So, oh, interesting, interesting. I don't know oh. if I call that a walking sim. <laughs> <laughs> I, I looked at like the top so many walking sims, but that came up anyway. Um, but yeah, they had like a handheld section as well, which were pretty cool. I, I think it was more of like yeah, a kids thing that though, because the stalls were like, yay, yay big. Well, no, there, there was yeah, there was two parts. There was like a little kids sort of section on the left side, and then like in the middle was like a, a bank of different um, different consoles. Although I noticed they called they had two two DSs, and they called one of them a two DS, and the other one a three DS. I was like, that's that's not right. <laughs> I still that's still two DS, but. Yeah, I I played the Virtual Boy a bit. I've got one personally, but um, I rarely get it out, so it was nice. Is that to have the a go on Mario that. Tennis? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I tried playing that, but I I, I don't know if it was just maybe they'd switched off by the time I got to it because I couldn't see anything as well through. Ah, yeah, it must have been switched off then because I definitely saw stuff when oh, okay. I looked at it. So. I had a look in it there. There was something. Was there? Oh, okay. Did you Did you open your eyes? 
<laughs> well, I mean, I, I still kept my glasses on, so maybe I don't know if that was a bad thing. That's just... uh... And then they had them two display areas as well, didn't they? With like the power glove that was prominent. Conveniently and... in a, in a pair of domes. Yeah. Uh, on yeah. brand. Hey, that's where the domes come from. Yeah. yeah. The domes. They should rebrand. Yeah, anyway. one of them was like a handheld part of it, and then another one was. Um... Peripherals. And... Yeah, peripherals and stuff, wasn't it? VR headsets. Yeah, they even had the Sega VR that they came out with in the 80s, which were pretty cool. Mm. That. And then towards the end, they had all of like the arcade cabinets and stuff, and that's where it kind of went more back into the retro bit, and then the more group yeah. games, like Bomberman yeah, that we like, played, Rock Band. And... Yeah, like the multiplayer section, there was the Bomberman, there was the Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, there was the Beatles Rock Band, I think it was. Kept on hearing Yellow Submarine all the time. Yeah. You were very upset <laughs> you like didn't go on that, did you? Oh, I, I just, just want I the wanted to go on the. I just wanted to go on the drums because I've never played the oh, drums yet. Right. So, well, I wanted to get Nathan on the mic. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to, to be honest, like I'm only good at the drums. I'm not very good at the guitar. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, the mic is definitely not for me. Nobody needs to listen to that. And I think that's about it, isn't it? For yeah, it's like two guitars, one can use as bass. Yeah. Or... If they had the triangle, then I'd rock that, but... <laughs> Trying to think, how you do a triangle peripheral? <laughs> Where was you hit for the... Different bits of the triangle, but anyway, yeah. Oh, no, it was a good time. I believe it's still open until mid-April, Mid-April, yeah. Yeah, so if you want to go 16th. over there. 16th, yeah. Yeah, so that's the game on it, the exhibition. So go if it's your sort of thing. Right. Shall we head into the news then? Or should we really say rumours? Or... Yeah, it's not the news, it's called the rumours It's a sort of, time. yeah, it's... It's a combination. It's a news very dodgy, isn't it? <laughs> so there's been a lot of stuff looted in the news, well, gaming journals sites, about Xbox and how there's a possibility of things, uh, their first-party games going multi-platform. Ooh. And some of them have come from some pretty reputable sources, isn't they? Mm. So I think games that have been mentioned as possibly making the leap are Hi-Fi Rush. I believe that was one of them. Yeah. Uh, sea of Thieves. Mm-hmm. And then, because I think they were actually rumoured quite a while ago, I think. Mm. But then a, a relatively big one was mentioned, weren't they? That perhaps Starfield might be jumping. Oh, I thought you were going to say Redfall. Well, and that. <laughs> Is that a big one? Uh, uh. But yeah. But I did read something that apparently that might be false, actually, the Starfield one. Okay. But it's, I don't know, it's all up in the air, isn't it? And basically this started like a, a an avalanche of rumours and people jumping on the internet, commenting, didn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, we've heard, much... we've heard the whole list of games like Gears of War, Halo. Yeah. Upcoming games like Indiana Jones and, and yeah, that's it. I mean, the, the thought of Indiana Jones going to PS5 does make my brother very happy. But well, we're only that, saying that that that's time. It, it made me uh, happy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it remains to be seen, though. I've told him not to get his hopes up too much <laughs> until we know anything. But no, it's all very curious, isn't it? But I think a lot of people have made more of this than there's actually been. There, there were people on Reddit like already. Against Xbox, you know Xbox fanboys. Yeah, I heard a lot of like just with the backlash. Influencers apparently like dropping Xbox. 
yeah, it's just like, I got they've not officially done anything yet. Well, that's it. It's all speculation. I mean, for all we know, because people have been saying, obviously, they're getting out of the hardware market, they're going to be third party, all sorts of stuff. But in reality, it could be it could be anything. It could just be that, for example, Hi-Fi Rush and Sea of Thieves is going to move over to yeah, multi-platform that's and, it. and yeah. that's it. Because yeah. I remember, didn't, they say, didn't, he, didn't Phil Spencer say a while ago that um, things that were going to be exclusive were going to be judged on a case-by-case basis or something like yeah, that? Yeah, he did. Yeah. So nothing's really changed in that aspect. But following all this hoo-ha on the internet, uh, Phil did take to Twitter and he said the following. We're listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event for next week where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. That's not a denial. No. It's not a denial, no. Apparently, I heard that this... Um, update was going to be later on this month, but because of all the speculation, they brought it. Is that to come out and say yeah. something? Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, and annoyingly, this this might we're recording this on a Sunday morning. This news might drop on a Monday, and this pod releases on a Tuesday. Normally so, yeah. So <laughs> we're always too too late. But by, by the time this releases, maybe we already know for a fact what it is. But if that is the case, I'm sure we'll talk about it on the next pod. But, yeah. But worst case scenario is this pod makes for a fantastic time capsule <laughs> to what we thought might happen. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, definitely interesting because mm-hmm. I've read that even people within Xbox are speculating that they're going to get out of the console market and they're going to stop producing Xboxes. And this past Tuesday, Phil Spencer assured employees that they're not getting out of the console hardware market and will mm-hmm. continue to make Xboxes going forward. I mean, there was that leak a while ago, weren't there? When they had future designs of Xboxes. Yeah. Well, they've got that two terabyte one um, coming up. So. Unless they've rapidly changed their entire strategy following that leak, I don't know. But who knows? I mean, if they did go, theoretically, if they did go third party, it's not the biggest surprise in the world because I, I also read a um, an article and it's, basically saying that PlayStation is outselling Xbox 2 to 1 in terms of console sales. Yeah. So in order to tap into that market, they might want to pivot and go in that direction. On the other hand, it could be something as much as they're going to price increase Game Pass so that they can keep bringing £60 games to Game Pass day one because it is quite expensive to keep doing that. I I, I think if Microsoft won the same financial standing as Sony, I don't think they'd still be in the market if those sales figures are correct. But because they've got the the clout of Microsoft behind them. Yeah. Yeah. That's able to essentially keep them afloat, isn't it? So yeah. It's a weird one. What do you think then? Do you think do you think we could be getting something like Game Pass on PlayStation? But they it's more purely for like Microsoft IPs? It could be, because if they were to port the full <clears throat> Game Pass over then for PlayStation cash, and Nintendo, yeah, they'd be cannibalizing their own sales. So if they did like a, a air quotes, first party only game pass for those systems. Yeah. They're going to have to really step up with a first party titles then, if that is going yeah. to be the case. They would have to, but they would get a, a, a huge amount of sales coming through from just moving their stuff over to a new platform, will not they? 
mean, yeah, I mean, we just well, the, 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 the IPs new, that they've got. Well, I say they open like yeah. a whole new market to them to get extra sales through, and maybe they can try and sort of keep that Game Pass price down a bit. It make consumers happy, I suppose. And it'd revitalise the live service <clears> games <throat> like Sea of Thieves, for example. I mean, all these. I say, yeah, like, play. I can definitely see stuff like if they wanted to bring Sea of Thieves and some of their like older titles over. I think that'd be fine because they just it opens up a brand new player base that they can cater to, keep games going for longer, i.e. Redfall. And yeah, I think the, what the trick's gonna be is the newer IPs and stuff. Like I, yeah, it'd be tricky if they were to go, okay, we're gonna have Indiana Jones on PlayStation for our Game Pass. I think that would anger a lot of people that have obviously specifically got Xbox for Indiana Jones and that. Yeah, I think it's it's a tricky tightrope, isn't it? They're going to be able to walk along. I think it would be smart to have Indiana Jones on multiple platforms, though, because in the end, that's the <coughs> IP. Indiana Jones is the IP, and that's going to be very popular. So if you keep that to, yeah. to Xbox, you're alienating what... a whole lot of market, which you know you'll get a lot of sales from. Plus, you should never buy a console for one game. That's the thing. I don't see why people could be angry with that. My rule of thumb is you've got to have at least five games that you want to play before you buy a console. I think that's your ruling, though, isn't it? I've I've known a lot of people hold off until that one particular game comes out. And if it's exclusive, they will will deviate to... But once that that game's over, then that's it. (laughs) It's just like, what's... Yeah, some some people are weird. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But... Yeah, I, I think I think they will have to do on a case by case basis. Like I could see something like the next, you know, Elder Scrolls be absolutely exclusive for maybe a period of time. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, it might be like a timed exclusive thing more. What was it? Maybe that's yeah. Thing. I could definitely see a lot of most stuff being timed. Because that's the thought we in Jerry Jones is that they think it might be on Xbox for a few months and mm. then go on the platform, which is fair enough, I think. I think also as well, I suppose, I, I saw another argument of kind of if Microsoft were to announce they, they pull out the sort of hardware market and go purely software service only, does that then dilute the competition for Sony? Like, would they not? It wouldn't drive them to make a better product, basically, if Microsoft pulled out. I yeah, think it, it still would because PC is very open now. And there is that market. If there's no first-party titles on a PlayStation, you would just transition to PC. Yeah, but I don't think consoles have ever really been bothered about what PC does, do they? PC is its own separate market. I don't think it's ever. I don't think sales of games has ever been affected by whether you're on a PC or a console. If you're a PC player already, then you're just PC. If you're a console, do you know what I mean? I don't think. A game coming out on PC specifically would affect any would like convince a PlayStation player or Switch player to move to PC. I think most people nowadays have kind of two platforms they always play on. And one always seems to be PC. But what I'm saying is if there's no first party titles on PlayStation that you'd want to play, then you would slowly transition away from that console and go over to PC primarily and have maybe a switch because of the choice and the way that the market's going with digital only. Yeah, I suppose. 
And I mean, PlayStation is slowly putting their exclusives onto PC anyway, aren't they? Obviously, about a year or two after the fact. Yeah. And you always seem to find PC ports tend to be not as stable as their console brethren. So I mean, you can argument. see why, because it's always difficult to know what kind of specs different PCs well, have got and to optimise it. So. Yeah, you try and optimise it as best you can to like the highest and then try and change those settings to best benefit over lesser powerful platforms. But, mm. but it's an interesting conversation about what's going to happen because obviously we're just speculating right now and it might all be hogwash in a few days' time, but yeah. Yeah, this podcast is going to be very outdated by the time it comes out. <laughs> Well, we might be we might be spot on with everything we've said. You That's never it. Know. You never know. It might be a prediction. Oh, that'll be a first. The Nostradamus <laughs> okay. of video games. I mean, it did get a lot wrong, but anyway, we'll gloss over that. <laughs> uh, okay, but there's more for Microsoft, isn't there? Uh, they're, they're they're in the news again. So just when you thought the Microsoft FTC battle was over, they pull us back in. So the Federal Trade Trade Commission. The FTC uh, has now filed a notice to the US Court of Appeals following the recent mass layoffs of 1,900 people in Microsoft's games division. Uh, so, mo- many of the layoffs um, I think we heard were from the recently acquired Activision Blizzard deal. Uh, it is that that the FTC is now arguing contradicts the terms of the acquisition agreement. So, Microsoft v. FTC, the sequel, coming soon, <laughs> it would seem. <laughs> yeah. So it's in the terms of they basically then just said that they're going to keep all the staff on and they've I'm gone going, back I'm, on that, I'm I not, imagine. Let's just say I've not read the whole thing, but yes, I think that's what they're getting at, yeah, that they were they were going to keep the staff. But it, it's it's always inevitable in these situations. After acquisitions, that's 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 the mm. thing, isn't it? Just nature of the beast. Well, you're not going to need everybody because at... you've already got people in those similar roles that can do that internally, so... But if they have said that in the terms, then I guess that does contradict it. I don't know. But they, they can't reverse it now, can they? Well, exactly, yeah. I, I think I read somewhere as well, I think Microsoft kind of come out and said, well, actually, before this mer- merger, I, uh, Activision was already planning to do these cuts. Like, yeah, mm. okay. Maybe say Microsoft. <laughs> I know, the only person who's come out well off on this is Bobby Kotick, isn't it? Annoyingly, yes. I can't believe it. Yeah, he's got he's his just, golden parachute. He's come out smelling of roses, hasn't he? Oh, Teflon no, he's going to make his new uh, new game company, probably. <laughs> oh, please, God, no. <laughs> I've just thought to myself, this is a bit out there. It could take over <laughs> Toys for Bob and call it Toys for Bobby. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you know what? If, no. if he keeps those people in a, in a place of employment, I actually might not mind too bad. If they take the IP for like Tony Hawk and then <laughs> work on that again, see that that meant Mark. They they go multi-platform. So that well, if they ever make a new one, should, should we move on to PlayStation then? Yes. What's happening with PlayStation? They had a, a yet another state of play, didn't they? Yeah, I suppose you could say sort of Square Enix, but it's it's strange that PlayStation have sort of took that over when it shouldn't really. Be. Well, I suppose it's theirs because it's exclusive to the console for the time being <laughs> so come on I, I assume you were excited about this <laughs> I was very excited it's so the best thing that came out of the last day of play <laughs> okay so what's what's what, what's, what's your takeaways 
What's takeaways? Um, this is going to be one massive game. Is what I'm taking away from this. It is going to be huge. Um, and I don't think a lot of people thought that was going to be the case for part two, to be honest. But I it is Final Fantasy. Um, I don't know. I suppose it's uh, similar. They've, they've had a go at sort of an open world Final Fantasy game before with um, Final Fantasy 15, and it was Met mixed to say the least. Oh, we'll say we'll say mixed. We'll say like the game is fun to play, but there is a lot of empty space in in that game world. So it's you know maybe it's a it's a a fear of like will it happen again with this one when like yeah. the when the original game there was actually quite a lot to do with its open world and to be honest it looks like they might have replicated it here with part two to be honest because there is a ton of stuff that you can do in this game so going well, how we sort of started the state of play so we kind of got two gameplay slash cinematic trailers um first one had already been kind of released before the state of play the second one was pretty new and should have quite a lot of new story beats to it which i think if anyone that's a fan of final fantasy 7 and you want to kind of go in not really wanting to know the story i would avoid watching the state of play because <laughs> if, you, if you if you don't know about it you probably well, you don't think too much it. about it well, yeah, you've watched it. You're not a fan of Final Fantasy VII, so you're fine. <laughs> no, no, I did, I did say I might, I might play the uh, first the, the, the first one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would we'll definitely employ anyone to play. I think it's a solid game. So I'll, I won't remember much of the state play anyway. Oh, that's good. Yeah. We'll, we'll just say there is a couple of potential spoilers about stuff. But anyway, that's Square Enix seems to have a... Well, it's probably aimed to people with that nostalgia from the original anyway, isn't it? Right. Yeah, I suppose it could be. So we kind of got that, and then afterwards we got more of an opening of like what this game is going to be. So we're going to have like a vast new world, well, not new world, but a vast world to explore in. So the game is going to start you off in the town of Calm, um, where Cloud's kind of going over a bit of his history with Sephiroth and kind of the point in which they both went on a mission together. From there, you can it showed you like essentially the whole world map and it looks huge um there's a lot of regions to it i think they went over it so you start off in grasslands region and you'll move through sort of different regions got different towns and stuff and a lot of kind of side quests and that that you'll be going through and they also showed you obviously some of the gameplay as well the combat system which is pretty much straight from remake but probably made a little bit more streamlined and got a little bit more um, new stuff to it as well with these synergy attacks where you can sort of combine two characters to do these kind of super double moves I suppose you'd call them and like you can get different combinations of each character as well so you could have like I don't know you could have Cloud and Barrett doing one thing and then if you did Barrett and Cloud they do a completely different thing because it's based on who's sort of the main who are you playing as when you do the synergy it kind of fixes to that kind of strengths and adds the other character strengths to that and they all look pretty cool to be honest a lot of cinematics and particles flying about and there's different ways of being able to traverse the world as well so obviously you can just run it if you want there's swimming being able to climb and you can even go on chocobos as well each colored chocobo has their own sort of strength some climb walls some fly some can swim 
uh, and showed you like different areas and where we would do that. And they also went over that each character has their own kind of traversal action as well. So you had like you had Tifa who could grapple guns places. Uh, Red thirteen could climb walls himself. Uh, Barrett uses his minigun to sort of shoot stuff down, like being able to shoot down a ladder to come down so he can climb it. Um, Aerith could manipulate the time stream, which looked like kind of like a puzzle aspect to it, which looked pretty cool. Um, one character whose name has completely escaped me, the sort of ninja girl, can also kind of grapple around and swing. Was it you, 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 something like that? You, Yuffie, sorry, you. that's it. I know it began. Now, now that you said it, yeah, <laughs> you agree. I, was, I don't know why the, her name goes out of my head, but yeah, you could do that kind of stuff. And then apparently Cloud does nothing. So <laughs> it feels very harsh, like, oh, Cloud just gets nothing. <laughs> um, so they're showing that, and they're also showing like all the different kind of side quests you can do as well for characters. Um, one that seems to be based on a typical Ubisoft trophy of find the tower and activate it to get points of interest around the place. <laughs> so looked interesting. And looks like they're going to have like um, different elemental environment puzzles as well. Not elemental, but more environmental puzzles because it showed off like this big statue and you were doing some sort of quick time event and then. The actual thing is kind of a summon, so they showed you end up going to a fight with it as well, which is called Alexander. So you could fight that and get it as a summon, I imagine, which was quite similar to how they did it in the remake, where you fought summons in this like VR aspect to be able to sort of use them. Um, and yeah, the just the amount of content and stuff as well. Like at one point, I think they showed off um, Tifa playing the piano, and they had like it looked very reminiscent of playing the guitar in The Last of Us Part Two, where like you oh, yeah. st- you strums on with the thumb sticks, but here you can each thumb stick is like a piano key, um, which I'm sure a lot of people are gonna have fun with, <laughs> doing all sorts of different music and stuff. Other stuff as well, they're bringing a card game into it called Queen's Blood, which is new to Final Fantasy VII. Don't know how that's gonna play, but it's gonna be interesting. And it just showed off. All host of like different mini games that are going to be in the game as well. So when you get to a place called the Golden Saucer, a lot of mini games from the original Final Fantasy VII seems to come through here. So there's like a bit of a polygonal fighting game where you gotta press the right um, combination of buttons. It's a bit like it plays a bit like rock paper scissors, but your character like punches another character. And you have to win that. There's chocobo racing. Um, there's bike racing. I think they also showed at one point. There's a point in the story when you get to Junon and you have to like, you disguise yourself as a soldier and you have to like lead, um, a, I suppose a group of soldiers into like a, what would you call it? Like a parade thing. You have to press the right button. Yeah, it was like a procession in that, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's reminiscent of a bit in in the remake as well where you have to do this like dance sequence. Don't ask too much about why you're dancing. Um, but you have to press the buttons in the right at the right time to sort of get through it. Which seemed pretty cool. I like how they're making certain things a little bit more interactive compared to the original as well. Or like how they change it up from the original. And then yeah, that's pretty much everything they talked about through the state of play. And then towards the end, 
they gave a bit of a special announcement, which was unfortunately leaked the day before. <laughs> which is a bit As is always the it would have been it would have been nice to have seen. It would have been a nice special thing. But they are releasing a demo for Rebirth, which is out. Well, it's out now. Is there any reason? Is there any reason to release a demo though? I would have thought like. I think it's just to get a, a flavor of like what what it's going to be because so the whole the whole demo is like um, a big sequence um, after you get into calm. So this is the whole thing where Cloud um, recalls the one mission he went on with Sephiroth going back to his hometown Nibelheim, and I mean I've already watched a video of a U- YouTuber that I follow has sort of gone through it and it's. It's almost beat for beat, same that it's in the original game, but it does stop at a certain point. Basically, once it gets pretty juicy in like the story, it's like, nope, stop. But apparently, you can you can um, the progress you make in that demo will also transfer over to the full game as well, so you don't have to oh, play right. through that part. Ah, okay. Um, and then I think they also mentioned as well, as we get closer to release of the full game on the 29th of February, they are going to add. Um, another section of the game into the demo where you can play a little bit of the Junon area, so you can do a little bit of like free play around it. So it's pretty cool. I, I like that you can get like a bit of a taste of the game if you're not if you're not too sure about it. You can go through this, and if you like it, then maybe you want to pick up the full game, or maybe it might want to make you play remake if you've not played that yet. So that's what puzzles me is that I, I wouldn't want to play the demo, this demo if I've not played remake yet. Obviously, it's after it. Yeah, I think it's it's definitely one of those where I think you, at least story wise, if you want to know what's going on, then I would implore to play remake. Um, but if you just want to get a feel of the game, how it, you know, like how it plays and stuff. Yeah. Then that's cool. Um, I've also forgot as well. They mentioned the whole um, graphics slash performance mode as well. So you can play the game in um, sixty frames per second in the performance mode it still looks good or if you want your full 4k experience and you go into graphics mode perfectly fine i'm sure everyone's got a choice preference i always find the difference is negligible in those things so i always got performance i think so yeah i think it's just certain things look a little sharper in 4k don't they but maybe it might just be my uh, setup just calm probably just my eyes to be honest (laughs) (laughs) yeah because I've heard, I've heard some people like who can't tell the difference between like 30 and 60 frames per second. Like, what? How do you not know the difference? <laughs> but, okay. Were they yeah, pigeons? <laughs> Maybe. But, yeah, that was the whole state of play. I think everything looked beautiful. Looks like it plays pretty well. Can't wait. Excellent. Speaking of, uh, I suppose, big companies who are acquiring other ones, potentially, we've got Disney. Making their little move. Buying more things, are they? Yep. They'll eventually buy everything, don't worry. So, uh, on Wednesday, uh, they came out with a statement and a trailer, along with Epic Games, to let us know that Disney are making a $1.5 billion investment into to acquiring an equity stake in Epic Games. And basically what that means is Fortnite will have a lot of Disney stuff. Mickey Mouse and Fortnite. Yeah. So they showed this off with a trailer sort of showing Disney X Epic Games where they kind of showed off a lot of 
old trailers combined with like some of their Disney IPs already in. So you've got you've got Marvel obviously already in there. You've got Star Wars. Um, I think they showed a little bit of Avatar in there as well. Um, I think there was something else as well. I couldn't, couldn't remember what popped up. Um, but basically, it, it just sounds like they're going to be making like a huge like Fortnite universe Disney in effect, where they're just going to have all their IPs and probably their own special part of the game, I imagine. But The Fortnite cinematic universe. <laughs> that's pretty much what it's going to be, isn't it? That's it, isn't it? We're going to get like animated shorts from Fortnite with just all that stuff. Um, hmm. I mean, it's going to be interesting. Apparently, they've already had like a long standing working relationship before, anyway, in terms of like some of the Disney theme park rides and stuff, because they use um, Unreal Engine. Yeah, I don't know what this is really going to mean until the first big thing they actually come out with, but. Who knows? I suppose they'll make Fortnite an even bigger game than it already is. Well, I just can't wait for the Cinderella skins. Actually, all the Disney princesses be guns. <laughs> That's what it's going to be, isn't it? Snow White just doing a tea bag on <laughs> on Peter Kylo Griffin. Ren. Okay. <laughs> oh, Peter Griffin, yeah, could do Peter Griffin. I'm just trying to think, like, what else does Disney own that they could put in? Because, like, they've already got, like, all the Fox stuff. Aliens already in the game. You've already got Ripley. Predator, I think, is already in the game at some point. You've already got Terminator, Indiana Jones, Han Solo. It's probably not that Blade Runner in there already, to be honest. Just get get the whole trio of uh, Harrison Ford. It'll be interesting. People are just going to... Whatever comes out, people are just going to buy the skins with the V-Bucks for the memes, that's all. Probably. I don't think you're wrong. Do you, do you mean you, Nate? No, no. Lisa. No, no, it's, it's going to be me. <laughs> and I'm not going to do it. I'm trying I to have, think who I, I actually so, want to buy. I have so many skins, don't, don't ask. I've spent way too much money in Fortnite. <laughs> Does it mean Pixar as well? Yes, it mean Pixar as well. Because well. yeah. they had so the, the trailer get... with... Um, the cars is like Rocket League. Oh, right. okay. Lightning McQueen. Yeah. I don't. That's the only one that I know. I don't know any other cars. Just Lightning McQueen. And there's that Porsche Carrera, the girl one. The girl. The one. girl one. <laughs> what yeah. what cars Lightning McQueen based off on? Is it a Ferrari? I don't or think so. Is it just so. its own like model? There's like an original. It's not actually based on a car. Probably the original, I don't know. Just, yeah. There'd be licensing stuff going off there, weren't there? If it was based on a real thing. Well, not that like, Disney can't afford it. <laughs> well, true. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I think the one that I'd actually spend money on is Mike Wazowski from Monsters, Inc. That, that would mm. be interesting if they brought him in, yeah. Sully, I could see Sully being there. Oh, I can't wait for Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Woody and Jesse. Um, bullseye. Bullseye. What's what yeah. they're gonna do in it? It's gonna be like um... bullseye be the glider running down. <laughs> Could be interesting. Yeah, it's gonna make a crap ton of money though, isn't it? Well, what is the Pixar lamp? Is. Oh, looks like Junior. Do you know the Pixar lamp thing jumping on all the letters and stuff? That's gonna be an emote. Yeah, That'd be cool, maybe. Because everything becomes an emote nowadays. <laughs> that's, uh... yeah, that's it. 
Uh, well, speaking of uh, big money, there's an interest. I don't know if you heard about this, but um, there was an interesting Q and A conference call by uh, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillermo, and he was asked the following question in this conference call about the imminent release of the much delayed pirate game Skull and Bones. Mm-hmm. That game. Mm-hmm. So he was asked, "Why is it at a seventy dollar price point instead of a free to play model?" Or worse to that effect. And he answered with this. You will see that Skull and Bones is a fully-fledged game. It's a very big game, and we feel that people will really see how vast and complete that game is. It's a really full, triple, quadruple-A game that will deliver in the long run. I mean, that's a bold claim for a game reportedly having been in development hell, changing game direction multiple times, losing three creative directors through six delays over ten years of development. Um... The first, yeah. the world's first quadruple A <laughs> game, right there. I think we have heard that before. Was it? Does it? Um, did it, oh, I forgot the guy's name who did a uh, Callisto Protocol. Did he say that about that? I hope he didn't, because it's not even triple. I think he did. <laughs> I don't think he could even class it as a triple A game. Well, that's quite a statement, isn't it? Quadruple. Quadruple. For that game, especially, I just find that astonishing. Toad Eves. He comes out with some right stuff, I have to say. Well, we'll like, see what, when it comes out. Even, if it lives on like the hype. <laughs> what would even like a quadruple A game even look like? 100% on Metacritic. That's what it looks like. Is it because they've just spent so much money on it? Just like, yeah, oh, they've they, they they tried to, to find it by money. Oh, well, yeah. that's it. Just a way to try and justify it. Because uh, uh, I know there's an open beta on it at the moment. Which I have downloaded, but I've not played yet. I may be tempted to jump on and just see, make my own decisions, but it's not being received very yeah. well. I don't think mm. a lot of uh, a lot of people just find it a bit empty. Well, I know I keep on seeing advertisements for it on YouTube. Oh yeah, it's... that's that's annoying. We're even using um, the actress's name, Michelle Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, but what what have you got to do with the game? <laughs> are you in the game? Is, the, is that yeah. where most if, of the money went? If you're not went? in the game, then why? If you are in the game... Why? Yeah. I <laughs> suppose the same question, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, is this the dawn of the quadruple game, then? I mean, it's... I hope not. The future's not very bright, if that is. <laughs> if that's the quadruple game. Well, you never know. It could be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, maybe Probably not, but it might be. We'll see. It's no, if, get if, around if it was a, like the very first, I would say probably the only game that I think that would get close to it would be GTA Six. Like, I if if it's that next as level, good if it's as good as the trailer suggests, then I would be very tempted to say, okay, that's probably our very first quadruple A game because they have spent a lot of money on that. But yeah, for everything it's going to make it, so much gonna, back as well. Well, yeah. So, but not Skull and Bones. <laughs> I'm trying to think what would come close to GTA in terms of that like upper echelon of not only video game creation but what it does for the culture of gaming. Well, just think, yeah. I think the only thing that would come close in terms of money is Call of Duty, but that's not innovative. That doesn't push it's, like no. innovation or yeah. story or anything I mean, like that. It's, yeah, like we'll give this AAA, but because normally they are actually like pretty solid to still play. It's just they don't push. Yeah, not push boundaries. Boundaries, yeah. They don't, they don't innovate, really. 
Maybe Last of Us Part Two. Yeah, I think that did. Yeah, I think that was pretty. There's a narrative storytelling. I think that did. Yeah, for yeah, I think for storytelling they they definitely pushed the boundaries. I'm just trying to think of anything like anything like mechanic wise. I suppose you could argue No Man's Sky for procedural generation. I mean, doing whole universe. Yeah, I'd argue with that's innovation. Okay. If you get if you get an algorithms to do your things, is that is that really innovative? Well, but if you're doing things that no one else has done before, then you are technically yeah because they can be that done. boundary because it can be done doesn't mean it's good though. Never said it was good, but I said that it pushed the boundaries. Never said it was a good thing that it's pushed that boundary, but <laughs> I'm iffy about that one. But I get your point. It's it's, it's like EA with my, uh, microtransactions. They pushed that boundary, but they really <laughs> shouldn't have. <laughs> yes. yes, very very true. Right, well, uh, I've got some quick business news I'll fly through. We now know that Nintendo Switch is the best-selling video game system of all time in Japan. Is that of Maybe any not a surprise? Anyone? <laughs> uh, apparently, in Japan, it has made 33.34 million sales, which doesn't sound like a lot. It doesn't. Japan. But I mean, number one at the time was the Nintendo DS, and that made 32.98 million. So, yeah, doesn't seem a lot, but okay. I mean, already, I think it's. I won't be surprised if it eventually is like the most sales of all time in, in the world. I would not be surprised. I think that's still the PS4, was it? Did the PS4 get it? Get what? Most sales for a console in the world. PS2, wasn't it? It was the PS2. I thought the PS4 broke it. I could be wrong. Not to my knowledge. Yeah, I'm just looking at the population of Japan. And it's actually more impressive than you first think. So you said 33 million. Yeah. It's a population of 125 million. So that's roughly one in every four people having a Switch. And when you got to think you've got a household with two people or even four people in, potentially, mm. then that's absolutely amazing. Right, well, good work, Nintendo, as always. Uh, from there, we have our very first trailer for the Knuckles TV series that is showing on Paramount in the US. I don't think it's kind of information on where it's coming in the UK. Well, Paramount Plus, I imagine. Well, yeah. Well, I think Amazon's got it, haven't they? So, they? probably there. Yeah, you can oh. get a Paramount one on Amazon Prime. Yeah, but you have to pay separately. Yeah, you have to, yeah, you have to pay the yeah. Paramount yeah. one. It is on time. Yeah. Looks pretty cool. Looks funny. Idris Elba, as always. Always a good time. So, so do you know how long the run's for? The episode? Um, so, um, it's going to be... Yeah, so it's going to be a six-episode series. If it's anything like typical American shows, it'd probably be around 40, 50 minutes, I would have thought. The story is meant to take place between Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. So... And we've got release on that. Uh, we do have a release date. It's going to be the 26th of April. Although it is staying in the US and Canada. So 27th everywhere else. Other than Japan... Apparently Japan is coming in later in the year. That's strange. Well, they're probably trying to localise the yeah. language side. Uh, I didn't think about that. Uh, uh, last piece that I've got is we had our video game best score soundtrack award in the Grammys. Would you like to take a guess on who might have won? Well, I'll okay. tell you. I can tell you the nominees if you if it'll help. So we had uh, we got Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2, God of War, Ragnarok. 
We've got Hogwarts Legacy. We have Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Uh, we also have Stray Gods, the role-playing musical. I think I heard about this. I think it was Star Wars, wasn't it? It was, yes. Star Wars pulled pulled out as, as the winners on that one. So, good for them. I'm just trying to think, when did this award get added to the Grammys? Has it been a couple of years now? Yeah, it's not. It's, yeah. Was it introduced last year? It might have been, Shreen, yeah. I think last year. Uh, we got it for Kirby Superstar. Oh, wow. Which is interesting. I think it's based on one particular piece of music. I don't think it's based on the whole actual soundtrack. I think they have had this award before, but it's not been specifically at gaming. So I'm like reading here, apparently um, there was one arrangement for Civilization IV that won it in 2010 for Best Score Soundtrack for Visual Media, which is interesting. So, And then um, Journey won one as well in 2013, which is good, because I think Journey's soundtrack's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, congratulations to those chaps over at Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Well, that's victory. And I think that's all we've got time for, isn't it, chaps? Thank you very much. Uh, if you enjoyed listening to us, consider tuning in next time. We release weekly on Tuesdays. Uh, you can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com. Uh, follow us on all social platforms. You can find Joking Dolphin on YouTube and Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. Until next time, thanks for listening. Goodbye. Take care. Good. Bye.